0: Thank you very much, John. Cool. So this morning, I'm going to share with you, hopefully just briefly, we'll see, um, on joy and the joy of this season. So on Thursday this week, I got up and for the third day of... In a row, I walked into the kitchen and I was greeted by this giant pile of dishes that were waiting to be washed. And then also another giant pile of dishes waiting in the like dish rack thing to be put away. At least those ones were clean. Um, and then I went into the bathroom, which also is our laundry, and in there I was greeted by the overflowing washing basket. And then once again noticed oh, the sink and the shower desperately need a clean. And then I prepared my breakfast amongst kind of the shambles in the kitchen. It gets more difficult each day. And as I carried it to the couch, I was annoyed because stuff kept getting stuck to my feet, like cat fur and bits and pieces, you know. And it reminded me, gee, the floors really need a sweep or a vacuum. And then I looked around, and Josh had picked me some nice flowers from our garden, but they were well overdue to probably be thrown out. And so there was just petals everywhere, all on the table, all on the floor, that the cats like to play in. And I just, I carried my breakfast to the couch, and I sat down, and I looked around and thought, my goodness, my mother would just be despairing, you know, at the state of the place. (laughs) But that was the reality of my Thursday morning this week. And as I ate my breakfast, I just felt a bit deflated because I was thinking, when am I ever going to find the time to get on top of all of these things before Christmas? And I feel like every year we talk about the silly season and every year it's like, don't give in to the silliness of the season, don't let it get on top of you, yet every year it does get on top of me. And I find myself lost in the silliness of the season with this deflated feeling of kind of, oh, when will it all be over? You know, when will things go back to normal? And I mean, it's a pattern. Christmas comes up every year. But it gets me every time. I just can't seem to escape the build-up of everything right at this time of year. So I have to remind myself that at some point... Christmas will arrive. Christmas Day will come. Things will slow down. I mean, everything's closed, so things mostly really just stop. And calm will return. Because Christmas Day, it has to arrive. This day of joyous celebration has to come because, I mean, time moves like a train that we can't stop. So the days will pass, no matter how slowly or how quickly they do, and Christmas will arrive to us. And that also means that at some point I will get on top of the dishes and the laundry and the vacuuming and the tidying and all those sorts of things. And whether that point comes before Christmas or after Christmas, I'm sure it'll be all right, because Christmas Day will arrive. And I'll have other things to do that day. I'll be with family. I'll be here. And I probably won't be thinking about the state of the house. or hopefully not, at least. The silly season, it just is a silly season. And I think I'm going to have to learn to accept that and just accept this time of year for what it is. But in the meantime, whilst it surprises me every year, I'll continue to remind myself Christmas Day will, in fact, arrive. But that's enough of just my silly season. The ones that I really sympathize with are God's people, the Israelites, because they lived in a silly season for 400 years. They just didn't know that they were in a silly season. Now, Advent, it is a Latin word, and its meaning in English is coming at Christmas time in church, we observe Advent in the lead up to Christmas as a season of preparation that acknowledges what is to come or what is coming. In today's time, our Advent season usually takes about four weeks, generally, just depending on what you Google, really. But for God's people who lived before Jesus' time, their Advent season took 400 years. For 400 years, God's people, they waited for something to happen. They waited for what they had been told was coming. They just didn't know when it would arrive. But they did know what they were looking for. In the book of Isaiah in chapter 9, which was written almost 750 years before Jesus' birth, this was spoken. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. People will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and with justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment Of the Lord will make this happen. For 400 years, God's people lived in darkness. It wasn't a literal darkness, but rather they lived in the darkness of their own sin. They turned their backs on God. They'd worshipped other gods. They'd done all sorts of evil. And for 400 years, they simply wallowed in and became slaves to their own, to these lives of darkness that they'd created. But God hadn't forgotten them. God hadn't turned his back on them Despite their darkness, despite their evilness and their rottenness, God had promised them that the darkness and the despair wouldn't last forever. A light would be coming that would break through the darkness, and they would rejoice. God would free them, and they would no longer be trapped in their sinful patterns, and he would lift their heavy burdens from their shoulders. And this would all come about by the birth of God's Son, a Son who would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is what God had promised to his people, and it was all because of his passionate commitment to them. It was all because of his unfailing, never-ending love for them that he would make this, what he had promised, happen. So this is what God's people were waiting for in their 400 years of darkness. They were waiting for the birth of a child that would bring them light and joy. And they didn't have it easy like we do today with being able to know on the calendar Christmas will arrive on the 25th of December, regardless, I mean, of how quickly or slowly time moves. Back then, they simply had to wait, and then wait some more, not knowing when that day would come. After 400 years had passed, in Luke chapter 2, we read of some of the shepherds who were waiting out at night. They were sleeping in the fields with their sheep to protect them from the danger that the night could bring. And little did they know, they weren't far from where Mary, a teenage girl, had just given birth to a precious baby boy. Luke 2 says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven. And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about. You remember that baby that was spoken about, prophesied about all of those years ago? Well, guess what? The time had come. He is here. The shepherds, I mean, they were understandably caught off guard by the angel's presence. This arrival, I mean, after all, had been a long time coming, and they probably weren't expecting a personal greeting to themselves from a host of angels. But into their very regular night, just doing their job, burst an angel bearing good news that would bring great joy. The Saviour, the Messiah, The Lord had been born that very day, and the shepherds were invited to go to him and greet him. What had begun as a very regular night was interrupted with something new, something unexpected, something that stopped them in their tracks. And the shepherds, they dropped what they were doing, and they went to see what the Lord had done. And I like the way that this news arrived, that after years and years of waiting, after years of darkness, the news broke with a host of angels singing God's praises and announcing that peace on earth had come to just a small group of shepherds going about their work. I think it speaks volumes of why we talk about joy at Christmas time. Because joy isn't something that we can create. We find joy in moments, in opportunities, in people that we meet. It's not something that we can just make ourselves feel at any moment. Joy comes to us as a gift, often wrapped up in something unexpected or in news that simply breaks. And it comes to us as beautifully as the precise but unplannable moment that a baby arrives. That very first Christmas spelled out joy to the world. The arrival of that baby was the arrival of a promise fulfilled after years and years. It was the arrival of grace and mercy when God told his people, I'm not done with you yet. There is more to come. That very first Christmas day saw the arrival of a baby whose life brought light to everyone. A light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. This is the message of joy that we remember at Christmas time. In the season of the year, the silly season or Advent season, we await the arrival of Christmas Day, the day that remembers that joy was spelled out to the world at the very first Christmas. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel a little bit fraudulent, you know, if I'm not feeling the joy that tradition says I should be feeling at this time. Christmas, after all, is an occasion that's supposed to bring with it an abundance of great joy. It was the day that God came to earth. Yet our experience of Christmas can often be far from that joyous feeling that was felt on the first Christmas day. And after a year like the one we've had, like the world has had, I can imagine that I'm probably not alone and not feeling particularly festive this year. And it leaves me to wonder sometimes, well, then what's the point? But the point is this, that after 400 years of darkness, God burst forth onto this earth as a wee baby. A wee baby who was called Savior, Messiah, Lord, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. After 400 years, and many, many more before that, of God's people being rotten, being sinners, being evil, God said to them, I'm not done with you yet. There's more to come. After the waiting after the darkness, after all of the unknown, the baby arrived. The light had come, and there was joy. The joy of Christmas isn't that it's a perfect time of year. It isn't always going to be a perfect day with happy families, easy conversation, and oppressive lunches. In fact, sometimes Christmas can be a really awful time of year, And the day itself can be filled with pain and with sadness or with tension or just any kind of unpleasantness. All things which take us very far from joy. Instead, the joy of Christmas is that each year it reminds us that after the waiting, after the darkness, after the unknown, the good news will arrive. The light will come. And there will be a time to rejoice. Every year this day arrives and it interrupts our regular lives. Shops close down, offices and work sites they empty, roads quieten. Things slow down and almost come to a halt. This unique day of the year, it's thrust upon us, just like it was for those shepherds that night when they heard the news of Jesus' birth. Christmas Day arrives, and we are reminded that the baby arrived. The light had come, and the good news, which would bring great joy, was there. The joy of Christmas tells us that though there is pain in the night, though there is darkness, though there is waiting, God is not done with us yet. He has more for us. And joy will come with the morning. So we want to acknowledge together this morning the hardships and the pain that you may have faced this year. And we want to acknowledge together, as we look down the barrel of Christmas, that joy may be very far from our hearts and our minds. And so I invite you in a moment, if that is you to come to the front and to light a candle, to acknowledge that there is pain and there is hurt and there is darkness now, but also to symbolise that the light will come. Joy is coming with the morning. I also want to invite those of you for whom the light has come, those of you who have experienced a breakthrough of some sort or something that you have been waiting on has arrived, and we want to acknowledge together that as we look down the barrel of Christmas, that joy comes to us as a gift, uncreated by humans, instead gifted to us by God. And so I I invite you also in a moment, if that's you, to come forward and to light a candle to acknowledge that the joy has come bringing light and good news, but also to symbolise that this joy is a precious gift that we've received simply because of God's never-ending love for us. So I'm just going to pray, and then you're welcome to come forward when you're ready to light a candle to symbolise what it means for you this year. And then our choir group will come back up and we'll finish with one last song. But let's just pray. Lord Jesus, you are king of the light and master over the darkness. Would you please send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas? We who have so much to do, help us to seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things, help us to look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways, we long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy, we seek the joy of your presence. We are your people, walking in darkness yet seeking the light. To you we say, come Lord Jesus. Amen.